Roger that, Houston. All systems five by five. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Welcome to episode 128 of the Nerdfest podcast. This week's nerds are... John with a mouthful of coke. <laughs> Andy Chandler. Peter Johnson. Ian with a nose full of heroin. <laughs> and I'm Hazel Chandler. On today's show, it is time to lie to our closest friends again as we play our buff or bluff quiz. Can you work out the truth from stories about the entertainment industry? We rarely can, so let's start the show. What's happening, pet? Well, you have some news to celebrate about your internal system. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners. Uh, I was supposed to have a hernia, but I don't know. Woo-hoo. It was uh, imagined. It was a uh, false positive. This is not interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about my internal like a, organs. Like a phantom hernia. The phantom of the hernia is here inside my mind. Inside your <laughs> Near my behind. <laughs> Wasn't the phantom hernia the first Star Wars prequel? <laughs> it's about equally pleasurable yeah i would rather have a hernia than watch that film again <laughs> Misa got a hernia <laughs> moving on is it, is it racist to do an impression of a racist thing um, <laughs> yes it is yes. it's doubly racist two racists don't make a non-racist <laughs> a right, like a rightist yes. <laughs> oh, this is all useful <laughs> peter would you like to advertise your Podcast prowess. (laughs) As if this isn't enough. I've started editing podcasts. So if anyone would like their podcast edited to the high standard of quality (laughs) of this podcast, and let me know. You can find me on Fiverr as Soluble Peter. Yeah, why not give Peter another sleepless night? (laughs) (laughs) You'd normally do that. It's true. We do um, make your life very, very difficult <laughs> and you turn it around in a wonderful, wonderful way. So He always turns around in a wonderful way, doesn't he? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, I said before we weren't smutty enough. Yeah. Okay. I take Trying to compliment the man and he turns into a carry-on thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Compliments go. You're wonderful, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, God. Does anyone have any news that's not rooted in... <laughs> Perversion. <laughs> Perversion. Um, has anyone seen Warren Beatty's new project? Now, I watched a clip on Twitter and I didn't quite realise what I was watching. I'm not sure he did either. No. I mean, how old is Warren Beatty now? He must he's be in his 80s. Late 80s, yeah. I would imagine. Um, but he's still desperately holding on to the rights of the Dick Tracy cartoon that he made the film in the late 90s. To keep the rights, he has to do something with Dick Tracy every X number of years. I think we- <laughs> he has to do something with his dick every 10 uh, years. Yeah. Every 10 years, he gets his dick out. <laughs> so I, I think we've talked about this before, sort of like, you know, how they kept making Hellraiser movies every couple of years to keep the rights, and same with Roger Corman and Fantastic Four. And what he does is he basically made a TV show with somebody interviewing him in mm. character as Dick Tracy, complaining about how one BT doesn't treat dick tracy properly yeah it's like a zoom interview he did it about 10 years ago and the new one is literally just a zoom call with i think lennon malton i saw the last one so it had him turning up to the studio in this old car and in the costume and stuff like that yeah it was just strange it was like one of these what the hell am i watching sort of things Mm. why is he bothering to hang on to the rights if this is the only shit he does with it 
money, I imagine. How is he making money out of it if he's making that? Because if someone else wants to make one, they'll have to pay him for the rights if he still oh. controls. But who's interested in Dick Tracy anymore? I mean, uh, Hazel and Andy, you're the youngest of us. What is your cultural awareness of Dick Tracy? I don't know what a Dick Tracy is. You get a thin bit of paper and a pencil, mm-hmm. and you <laughs> go oh. to Andy while he's asleep. Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Tracy was one of the original sort of pulp detectives. Right. Very early Sin City, without all the sin in yeah. it. Maverick detective cop. Have you seen the movie? Nope. So that was made just post Batman, wasn't it? You could tell the influence of the Tim mm-hmm. Burton Batman movie on that one. Yeah, except instead of being all the darkness of the Tim Burton image, it was like the bright, colourful DC to the Marvel. And sort of set in, was it the 30s, 20s, 30s, sort of early gangster times? I can't remember who, but I think there's like fairly famous actors under Al loads Pacino, of... Robert De Niro. Yeah. Madonna's in it. Under loads of prosthetics as yeah. the villains. And, and Madonna plays Breathless. Breathless Mahoney. And had a spin-off album called I'm Breathless. Yeah, it's going to mean she'd smoke less, really. <clears throat> you had these enormous stars, and they were all under so much prosthetics you couldn't tell who it was, though it's kind of negated the point of having them all. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but the new Batman film did the same thing. With uh, Colin Farrell as the penguin. Yeah. I didn't recognise him no. for about the first 20 minutes. And then I thought, oh, yeah. I still haven't seen it. Every time I think I'm going to sit down and watch it. You have a better idea. <laughs> I decide to put some nails into my testicles instead or something. <laughs> it's fine. It's a bit overlong. Mm. Disney have announced their new slate, which is mostly sequels. And they've announced a Toy Story 5. And a Frozen one as well, isn't it? Frozen there? 3. A bargain at um, Iceland, isn't it? You get three frozen things for a pound. Is it just me, or is the funniest line in Frozen when someone talks about "I'm going to take her up the mountain"? <laughs> just you. <laughs> just I was just sniggering when we watched it. I can take her up the mountain. Yeah, I'm going to take her up the mountain. All right. <laughs> I mean, every year we got that mountain, Peter. We go fishing, don't we? <laughs> Put the mountain, mountain. Anyway. Um, <laughs> How do we feel about Toy Story coming back for its fifth run? No, thank you. No? Nah. nah. What are they going to do with number five? They can't yeah. surely bring out Woody and Doodah and Bud and Brian. Didn't they? I mean, I, I, haven't, like, yeah. I haven't seen the fourth one. I have. It's nowhere near the calibre of the first three. It ended in a way that was like, okay, so that's the end. It wasn't satisfying, but I didn't really mm. think there was any need for anything else to happen. Is that the one set in the nursery? That's number three. Number four is yeah. the one where I can't remember. Keanu Reeves is in it. Yes. Um, it's, it's, set, it's set in a little bit of the future. Ground. Like Andy is a robot. adult. <laughs> he's a robot. <laughs> and and Skynet taken over. Oh, so he's an adult now. He's grown up, but he still has. does he still have Woody in the box at the university or something? No, in, in number three, um, the toys get handed over to a nameless little girl, Lucinda or whoever. Yep. And... So they have a new master. Right. And stuff happens. <laughs> Presumably. I don't remember. I did see Did this you film. see that Twitter thing where someone pointed out if Woody and Buzz died, Andy wouldn't know and would just spend time playing with their corpses? <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the plot of Toy Story 5. Probably not. Toy Story 4 had Forky in it, which was quite good. Sporky? He's a spork, but he's called Forky. Is he? Forky the spork? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say that carefully. It's the thing Woody gets lost and you know, like a fairground, conveniently reunited with Bo Peep, who That's disappeared right. a while ago, and she's now a 
marine or something. Yes. And then there's a giant crocodile and they go to space. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You've lost us now. Hazel's the one that spent the week in Amsterdam, not you. (laughs) I had to do something to amuse myself. I was enjoying The Last of Us and I started investigating mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. It is now. It's on record. (laughs) <laughs> Mum and Dad, <laughs> well, do listen. A friend of mine spent lockdown trying to grow some mushrooms, and he just failed miserably. Thanks for that story. <laughs> you don't grow mushrooms, though, do you? What do you they, do? You just like you don't birth them or anything. You just find find a cow pack, don't you? Just you? look out the window, and they get closer every day. Oh, you know it, they're out the window. They're not animals, and they're not plants. They're something else, aren't yeah. they? Fungi. Yeah, but they're like you know. <laughs> They're kind of almost sentient, aren't they, with the mycelial network and all that business? No, no, no they're not. <laughs> there is a mycelial network, and they do sort of... It's on Star Trek Discovery. Isn't it the biggest thing, like, organism on the planet is a mushroom all connected underneath? Was that Are you another? all right, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> These are things I was told. No, there is an element of what you say that's yeah. true. That, yeah, yeah, which element is that? But they do have, like, a big network underground of papers and stuff, and they're all connected. Well, like a mushroom's life. Yeah, yeah. and they all talk to each other. Right. Plan and plot. <laughs> that can see in a pizza. It's got machines eating my mate. The bastard. <laughs> I'm going to have him when we grow legs in another couple of billion years. When the revolution comes. So clearly, Hollywood has run out of ideas by coming up with all these sequels, and they should look to us for underground mushroom movies. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to do um, Frozen, what's your storyline then? Global warming. Ah, that's a great idea. Elsa melts at the end. <laughs> I mean, there's already quite a lot of things about, like, turtles and stuff. I'm not sure there's mushroom in the market for another one. And if you employ Peter to edit your podcast, (laughs) that's the kind of thing he'll cut out for you. John, that was a shiitake joke. Hey, I was just trying to be a fun guy. I'm champing your at the bits to get on with this. (laughs) I like it. That's a good one. So, Any more mushroom jokes before we... uh, Any more mushroom jokes? Um... No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, we're done. We've scraped oh, God, the mushroom. <laughs> Let's do a buff or bluff quiz. This is where we have brought some facts to the podcast, but we've made one of them up and we have to try and work. What sense, though? And, uh, I don't know, but Dick I like Tracy. it. <laughs> <laughs> We have made one of them up. Oh no, it's my mysterious voice. I like it. Add some jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ian, you came into the room. (laughs) (laughs) What? And then about 30 seconds later, the rest of him. (laughs) I'm sorry, I brought a mop. (laughs) You came into the room very proud of your buff or bluff, so let's hear it. Okay. Of course, uh, many actors um, have to spend a lot of time getting themselves ready for certain roles, so they have to become buff. Right. Oh, have to God. buff themselves yeah. up in order to play their roles, and they go through very rigorous and sometimes draconian diet regimes and fitness regimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got four famous actors from four famous films uh, and their fitness regime, and I want you to figure out which one of them I made up. Okay. Okay, so you made up a fitness regime. Well, a dietary regime for one of the one of the actors. They're all real actors in real films, but mm-hmm. one of the dietary requirements is made up completely. Okay. So in The Machinist from 2004, Christian Bale plays the role of Trevor Resnick. He's a machinist with severe insomnia and loses loads and loads of weight. So he had to lose lots of weight for the role. He actually went from £173 to £110. 
losing 63 pounds in weight in just a couple of months. For four months, he only ate a can of tuna fish and an apple. That's the first uh, what, one. Only one? One apple. <laughs> Over one, four months? For every day, oh. for four months, he had one can of tuna and one apple. Okay. Okay. Natalie Portman in Black Swan played the prima ballerina, had to lose loads and loads of weight to be able to play that role. So she lost 20 pounds for the role, uh, eating little more than almonds and carrots every day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, number three, our favourite, Jared Leto. Oh. He's in here, he's always in here, isn't he? For the, um, the Dallas Buyers Club, he plays a young man with AIDS and had to lose so much weight. But one month, he ate nothing. Only drank water. For one month, didn't have anything to eat. If it was anyone else, <laughs> I would have trouble believing that. And finally, Tom Hardy, who played Bronson, the uh, notorious English uh, prisoner gangster, had to put on loads of weight to play that role. Every day he would eat pizza for breakfast, McDonald's for lunch, and a Chinese or curry meal deal for two every evening for two months. Mm. Sounds tasty. <laughs> so which one of those is the bluff? I mean, I would think as a general rule, it would be a terrible idea to only eat the same thing all the time because you're not getting like a variety, a spread of things. To some extent, your body knows what it needs or doesn't need. If you absorb too much of one vitamin, for example, you just pass it through you. But if you're restricting what you eat, you've got to be really careful that you've covered all the vitamins and other things you need. So, hmm. I'm a, I'm a bit dubious about the black swan one because... She will have been doing lots of exercise and stuff to do all the ballerina-y, actiony yeah. things. Mm. But remember, this is Hollywood, and they have to go through really tough regimes in a very mm. short amount of time to get ready for roles, so things can be quite drastic. Maybe not necessarily a good choice, mm-hmm. but they can do trust. Yeah, I haven't seen The Machinist, but I have seen the clips of Christian Bale with kind of like a concave stomach and skeletons, and yeah, I think he would have done something drastic. I think I've heard that one. Yeah. Me that, too. Ring, that rings a bell with a tuna and apple. Yeah. And uh, Charles Bonson was big in the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jared Leto. It was David Blaine who got up on a, like a glass box above the River Thames in London and ate nothing for 40 days and only drank water. Pretended yeah. to. Yeah. Pretended probably. to. There, there were there was yeah. stuff about there being a secret feeding tube and so on. But, but honestly, let's not pay attention to David Blaine. <laughs> I, I heard that he, his blanket was soaked in nutrients and he could suck on his blanket. <laughs> I love how David Blaine did that. And like, he was like, it's going to be amazing. And like within a, an hour, people just there throwing eggs from the side. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they thought he was hungry. I wonder if Ian's thrown the Jared Leto thing in there because he knows that we would just be like, oh yeah, of course he would have done that because Jared mm. Leto can't act and has, has to make up for stuff. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, I didn't say that. But isn't that one of these things for survival, which is that it's like, Three minutes without oxygen, three days without water, mm-hmm. three weeks without food, something like that. A lot longer for food. Mm. People go on hunger strike in prisons for months. Uh-huh. Depends how much body fat you have. So me, with my man, early man <laughs> fat, I could probably go about you, you could two eat, months. You could eat yourself for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long did Jared Leto supposedly eat nothing? One month, I think. Yeah, one, one month. For four month. weeks, he ate not a thing. That is, is pushing it. Um, that's going to seriously damage your health. And the Charles Bronson one, loads of takeaways. Things. McDonald's for lunch. This is every single day. Uh, plus uh, loads of full-fat Coke. Hmm. Full-fat Coke. 
<laughs> I haven't seen the film. Is he like a really, really big guy yeah, or, really or is he muscly? Very big, very muscular, but he's not all kind of cut and defined like a no. bodybuilder. It's like a, yeah, muscly guy with a lot of fat on top. So he'll yeah. have, yeah, it would just yeah. been diet rather than muscle builder. Mm-hmm. He would have done a lot of weight training as well. Did a lot of military training to get the muscles big enough to carry the weight. It right. was muscle, but it was bulk It's like Hugh Jackman than... talks about his like ridiculous regime to bulk up for Wolverine, and it is like completely egg-based and protein, but yeah. Old eggy Hugh. Eggy. <laughs> <laughs> so who do we think the bluff is then? Is it Christian Bale, who only had tuna fish and an apple every day? Is it Natalie Portman, who only ever had... Carrots and almonds. That was it, yeah, carrots and almonds. Could she have marzipan? She only ate carrots and almonds out of a bag, so no sugar. Don't want to be a ballerina now. Or was it Jared Leto who ate not a single thing and only drank water for four weeks? Twat. Or was it Tom Hardy who had all the takeaways all the time? Uh, I'm going for Natalie Portman. You think Natalie Portman is the bluff? Yeah. Why? No, I'm just going for Natalie Portman. Oh. Jesus. And there we go. Active young lady. Because she's the less crazy of the three of them. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go for Natalie Portman being the bluff because I, I think she would need a bigger diet to do all the exercise and stuff that she did to get picked for the role. I'm going to go for Jared Leto. I think we've just thrown it in because mm. that's chum for us. No chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for Jared Leto because I think it was longer. <laughs> <laughs> He's still not eaten. He's not eaten now. I'm also going to go for Jared Leto for the same reason as Andy. Well, you're all wrong. <laughs> oh. It was Tom Hardy was oh. the bluff. Mm. You were right, Tom Hardy was the only one out of four actors who actually went on a sensible regime supported by doctors. His actual regime was chicken and rice every day. He was allowed um, full-fat Diet Coke and Haagen-Dazs ice cream to top that up and the occasional bit of pizza. Mm. But he was closely monitored by doctors. The rest of them are true. Jared Leto did eat nothing for a whole month. And the rest of them survived on tuna, apples, almonds mm. and carrots. Natalie Portman apparently nearly died during the film because the dietary regime was so bad with the exercise at the same time. Yes. He was rushed to a hospital at one point. <sighs> to have nutrients injected into her arm. Try acting, guys. I know, that's what I thought. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to act skinnier, <laughs> in fairness. Just breathing. I know, I've been doing yeah. that for 37 years. <laughs> I haven't mastered it yet. Suck it in, Peter, suck it in. <laughs> very interesting, thank you very much. Interesting and educational. There we go. <laughs> Who would like to go next? I can if you like. Go on then. Go on then. Go on, Peter. Go on, Peter. Go on, Peter. What's it about? If you must. Give us a blow. Mine is about stuff being reused. Movies are phenomenally expensive. A lot needs to be created for sci-fi movies. Props and costumes, or sometimes even monsters, can get reused between movies. A famous example being all the creatures in the background in the Star Wars cantina. Here are three times that objects have been reused between movies. The futuristic military helmets from Starship Troopers were built for Robocop. After a black, glossy respray, they also turn up in the 2001 Planet of the Apes remake. Mm. Number two, the severed head used in 2011 Steven Soderbergh movie Contagion looks very like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> because I mean, we, there's no point in continuing. Yeah, this. that's the one. <laughs> because it was originally made to go in the box for seven. <laughs> Okay. And the third one. For Temple of Doom, Spielberg was shown seven whips to pick the one for Indy from, and says he chose the eventual winner because it seemed special somehow. What he didn't realise at the time was it was made for The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, directed by his childhood hero, John Ford. Mm. 
Hmm. I accidentally whipped myself this morning with my belt. Anyway. <laughs> was it a pleasant experience? No, it really hurt. Ease in slowly. A little tap first and work your way up. Come on. Right, okay. Mm. I think I know about the helmets. The black helmets sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. I don't know why. I remember the helmets yeah. from the Planet of the Apes remake and they are very similar. The director of uh, Robocop and Starship Troopers, the same. Um, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And then Tim Burton did Planet of the Apes. Yes. Are they close? Mm, but he was no. probably quite a fan of Verhoeven's work. Yeah. So. I think these things get kind of put into a prop store mm. and they just get reused and yeah. customised if necessary. Yeah. yeah, it might have been produced by the same studio. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching the Star Wars thing the other night and the, and the creature effect guy was really pissed off that he used the werewolf with the glowing eyes. He said, I had loads better ones. Lucas chose the werewolf. I'm trying to think if there was ever a plan to actually show the severed head in Seven. So you don't see it? No, that you, you see wispy blonde hair Do you uh, a, a, ti- no. a tiny bit. Wow, that's amazing. But there is an alternative ending for Seven, but it's not that. It's something right. else. Isn't it? Well, those things like, so I saw the film many years ago and I was sure I'd seen the head, but obviously no. I didn't. And no. There you go. I mean, you see it throughout most of the film. Yes, yeah, but just attached to it. <laughs> yeah. But it's the power of uh, the parson's suggestion, mm. isn't it? I think I'd heard Brad Pitt didn't want to actually see the head. And he's more powerful if you do Well, he was doing Gwyneth Paltrow at the time, so. Mm-hmm. Doing. Dating. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Take your head out very, of the very box. Brings a new meaning to the phrase, giving head a guest, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, they could have made the head thinking that they were going to show it, but then decided that they weren't going to use that, and so it got shelved. I think they yeah. did. I'm sure they made one. Just in case. Yeah. Well, they would have shot it and it would have all been there. And then in the edit, they would have gone, no, we don't need to show yeah. that. Let's yeah. make it more subtle. I don't know. Hmm. That's an interesting one. So where was it used? In 2011 movie Contagion. There are a lot of seven heads in Contagion. This is like the virusy film that everyone watched during the pandemic for some bizarre reason. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, is it still in the box? Is it just like a box on the... And why would they have a head in it? Or just, yeah. or just a head? Remind us up what the third one was. The third one was that Spielberg, without realising, mm. picked... A whip that was used by his favourite director mm-hmm. because he said it felt special. Now, I know John Ford was one of his favourite directors because there's a thing at the end of the Fablemans and where he's played by one of my favourite directors. Mm, that's a very romantic story, which I want to believe, of course, that yeah. you, you pick it up and go, oh, I had something special about it. Oh, no, it happened to be the whip. that mm. I want that to be real. My instinct is the seven one. That's my instinct yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I can't see how they would have used the head anywhere else. Why would you want a severed head in Contagion? It would have also, like, Contagion, I think, was maybe 2007, something like that, and Seven was 1995, so over 10 years to keep a head. The head would have aged quite a lot, wouldn't well, it? <laughs> it? It wasn't a real head. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's a long time You'd to... You'd have thought would have asked for it back, wouldn't you? <laughs> but they do sort of keep props forever for on the years. shelves and yeah, things. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for that one just because I just have this feeling that David Fincher would have planned it from the beginning not to show it. I'm going to go for the Spielberg one just because I want it to be real, but I'm going to think it might be a bluff, so I'm going to go for that one. I'm going to go for Seven. I'm going to go for Spielberg. I, I think I may have heard something about Gwyneth Paltrow's severed head at some point. So I think that's real. And also, if you were making it up, why would you have gone with Contagion? You would have thought of something more... Popular with Probably nerds. guaranteeing none of you would know for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, you saw The Fablemans recently, and I think you're on a Steven Spielberg kick. Okay, so, The Severed Head, 
was reused in Contagion. Well, there and you it go. was made for Seven, and I think it was Brad Pitt thought it would be much better if he never saw the head in the box. Uh, but it had been made to use for that. Mm. And the helmets from Starship Troopers were built for Robocop and resprayed for Planet the Apes. I was surprised that John didn't fall for my trap there, which was that I think John knew that they were reused in Firefly. Mm-hmm. And that he would assume, because I'd not said Firefly, that that was the truth. And the, th- the other thing was the thing I'd made up. This is yeah. the sort of mind games we normally play <laughs> with each other. But you didn't fall for that one. I didn't know. But yeah, the one I just made up was the one about the whips. <sighs> which is a complete fabrication. It's a shame. I want it to be real, though, to be honest with you. <laughs> it just sounded too beautiful to be real. That's me. Good. I enjoyed that. That was, that was great. Do you remember when um, Game of Thrones got in trouble with a severed head? Uh, no, what was that? So in season one, where they have loads of heads on spikes, yep. one of the heads was a reused George W. Bush prop that they thought would be quite funny to stick on, and they got told off and had to pull the episode and re-edit it. Take it out. <clears throat> Shall I go next? Yes, please. Yes, please, Auntie Hazel. <laughs> Auntie? Yeah. She is the anti-Hazel. She's the opposite of Hazelness. Yeah, but I'm pregnant, you see, from Peter, aren't I, from earlier, so... You know. What's your buff or bluff, Hazel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, swinging right away from where that was going. Uh, <laughs> I think it is safe to say that we're all greatly anticipating Greta Gerwig's Barbie film, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that got me thinking. There is a world of inspiration from Barbie's past films that she could draw from. <sighs> so I have for you the plot of three Barbie movies, one of which is a Hazel special. So for context, there are over 40 Barbie films produced since the early 2000s, initially for Nickelodeon and then later for Netflix. And these are the Wikipedia descriptions of three Barbie films that I have selected. And to keep it authentic, I've not corrected any of the grammar within the descriptions. (laughs) Lovely. Did you check that the one you made up actually isn't a real one? I'm going to address that at the time. Okay. All right. So strap in. That's not the title of the film, by the way. <laughs> Barbie straps in. Hawken. <laughs> From 2015, Barbie in Rock and Royals. This is the 30th film entry and the second of three modern film takes on Mark Twain's The Prince and the Pauper. It's an upbeat modern musical film starring Barbie in a dual role of Princess Courtney and famous rock star Erica Juno. Unfortunate mix-ups and a roll call in two opposite camps see the two accidentally swap camps with the princess landing in camp pop and the rock star landing in camp royalty. While the two camps try to reverse the mistake, the two girls make the most of their unique situation and begin new friendships whilst also discovering a plot to shut down camp pop because of a so-called perception about royals having high esteem than rock stars and or pop stars. Neither of them was particularly shy and retiring. <laughs> no. If you wrote that, I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. That was Scorsese, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Rock and Royals, uh, yes, a slight adaptation of The Prince and the Pauper. That's number one. Yeah. I told you to strap in. <laughs> okay, from 2017, Barbie, near, far, and wherever you are. (laughs) For the 20th anniversary of Titanic, the Barbie team painted a homage to James Cameron's sinking ship movie whilst having enough distance from the plot to escape copyright issues. (laughs) Does she leave Ken to die? (laughs) 
Barbie stars as crew member fourth officer Josephine Graves, whose heart is the size of the ocean. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, <laughs> Come on, Hazel, you can do it. You can make it through this film that you made up. <laughs> she swaps shifts with another officer so she could work on board the ill-fated... <laughs> <laughs> gigantic <laughs> oh dear to realise her true dream of being a Broadway star what? <laughs> oh dear. a Broadway star on a boat <laughs> no because the boat goes to New York oh okay yeah. oh no it all ties together <laughs> yeah. it all makes, I mean I was down it until that moment but now it all makes sense <laughs> <laughs> strikes the ship doesn't see and strikes an iceberg. Oh, no. The ship doesn't see? <laughs> yes. What? Josephine is ordered to inspect the lower decks, and it was her. <laughs> it was her fault. <laughs> she lock up all the poor people. No, it was her who found the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking on the sea. It's, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'm only halfway through. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this could take a while. Rescuing everyone in sight. Even those who are trapped. <laughs> Josephine's There's hero- no point rescuing people who aren't trapped. <laughs> Josephine's heroics blow decks were only just the beginning. Blow decks. <laughs> okay, sadly, they weren't quite enough to save her one true love, <laughs> the waiter, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Roger the waiter. With who? Roger the cabin boy. <laughs> Who she had started to rekindle her love for, but she had to sacrifice him for the greater good. At any point, she like lay on a chairs longer, paint me like one of your French dolls. What happens? I'm, I'm riveted. <laughs> Come on, what okay, so that is Barbie, near, far, and wherever you are. Okay. Woo. Okay, from 2016, Barbie, Starlight Adventure. Barbie flies through space on her hoverboard with her fury. <laughs> <laughs> with her fury sidekick sidekick popcorn who would later on trans- to be furry uh that's what i said he said fury <laughs> okay i'll start this again barbie flies through space on her hoverboard with her fury fu- fu- <laughs> it's not getting any better is it <laughs> furious furry sidekick furious furry sidekick popcorn who would later on transform into a space kitten <laughs> Uh, one day, the bright stars begin to f- dim and flicker. To save the stars, Barbie flies to a new planet to unite with a team of heroes on a mission to save the twinkling stars. <laughs> if Barbie listens to her heart and follows her instincts, she might just be the leader the universe needs. There we go. We have Barbie in Rockin' Royals, Barbie Near Far and Wherever You Are, and Barbie Starlight Adventure. Wow. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen them all, Ian, so... Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've seen them all. Which was your favourite? Well, the, the Titanic one, obviously. Mm. Brilliant. The plot is just amazing. Mm. I kind of thought it would be Barbie being Barbie, not Barbie being this sort of fictional movie star, Barbie sort of be thing. Barbie. She always is something else other than yeah. herself. Mm-hmm. I think she has an identity. Yeah, she'd like, be like air hostess or then yeah. a pop star or mm. then She normally is something else but she, occasionally she's... I think she's hiding from something. She is, yeah. She plays mm-hmm. herself. She's on the run. Barbie on the yeah. run. It's, it's like, imagine Barbie under a different set of circumstances. What would Barbie be like if she was a police officer? Yeah. So in the films, is she a human or is she actually made of plastic? <laughs> the human. 
It's all cartoon. This is these are animated, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, animated. So they kind of play themselves, but there are like unicorns and space kittens and things mm-hmm. floating around all over the place. But that's very normal for them. And Ken and Barbie never kiss. Well, they don't have lips, do they? <laughs> do or testes? Or, yeah, they, they never kiss. They hold hands, but they never kiss. You sound quite the expert. I am. So. I'm going to go for the near far wherever they are, yeah. only because if you did write it, it's absolute genius. <laughs> but if you didn't write it, I think just finding it is genius as well. So I, uh, full points. As much as I enjoy the concept of the space kitten, I'm going to go for the Titanic one as well, because I think Celine Dion would have had something to say about that title. And also that's a line that shows up in the song from Come From Away. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Titanic. Gigantic. Come on, Gigantic. people. Gigantic. <laughs> I'm going to go for the Prince and Pauper Swapper. I've seen that one. Have you? Yep. Tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> There's two Barbies. Camp Pop versus Camp Royalty. Yeah. Mm. Guess which camp I popped in. <laughs> and the uh, the plot to shut down Camp Pop because that was... You know, at the beginning the of this off. podcast, I said, let's try and avoid popping the microphone. <laughs> yep. You've, you've pop. had popcorn and pop, pop about 15 yep. times now. Uh, uh, popcorn, pop. that's the name of the uh, furry sidekick. <laughs> furious <laughs> furry sidekick. Yes. Hang on a second. Popcorn, popcorn impl- yeah. implies a dog and then it becomes a space kitten. Yeah. There's some sort of weird genetic experimentation yeah, space, going space, on all there. Sorts of stuff space, space, isn't it? Space, Anything space, can happen. Yeah. Especially if you're on a hoverboard. <laughs> <laughs> Still the Titanic. So, everyone's gone for gigantic stroke Titanic, yep. apart from John. Okay. Well, John, I have to say, well done on being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Barbie and Rock and Royals very much does exist. Barbie. <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have. I'm not even joking. Still I have seen it. You will be able to see popcorn in action because Starlight Adventure does exist. The Titanic Barbie movie does not exist. However, surprise! when I researched to try and find out if I'd actually made up a real movie, I came across a change.org petition to try and get a Barbie Titanic movie made. Now, it's aiming for 50 signatures and it has 38 at the moment. So I'm hoping that the, this publicity we will We can happen. get it over the line. Yes. So, and you're more than welcome to use my it's fictitious plot. It's 38 years it's not, no. So they have 39 in the bag. Um, they also, they did actually produce a Rose DeWitt Bacator Barbie for the film's 10th anniversary, but as yet does not star in a Barbie film. Mm-hmm. Can I just say it as one of those beautifully written bluffs <laughs> I've ever, ever heard? It was absolutely hilarious. That was, it was magnificent. Beautiful. And I just seeing you falling apart <laughs> in your own head going, what the fuck have I written as you're reading? It was just a joy to behold. Oh, dear. Speaking of Titanic, has anybody seen the documentary that James Cameron has brought out this month? No. no. He basically wanted to set out to prove that Jack couldn't survive. Oh, I yes, he yeah. did like lots of scientific experiments yeah. with divers. Yeah, got uh, divers, got put them through everything that the people in the film had been on, and then measured the temperature and how long they'd survive in the water and everything. The conclusion was that Jack possibly could have survived. Yeah, there was a number of ways he could have survived. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't, did he? In the mm. movie, so what's the point of like, he just didn't? I think the assumption is that Kate Winslet was a bit yeah. of a... The ship might not have gone into an iceberg. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of the answers for how he could have survived would have meant the death of Rose, I think. And mm. also, he would have not done anything to put Rose's safety in jeopardy. So 
it kind of stayed true to his character that he just sat there in the sea. <laughs> yeah. Right. John, shall we have you? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Where? He's around. Um, so there's been lots of different Sherlock Holmeses over the years. The other day, whilst my other half was ill, she laid on the sofa and watched Basil the Great Mouse Detective, oh. uh, which I, I really like. When I was a kid, I, it was one of my favourites. I liked Sherlock Holmes, and it's Sherlock Holmes, but he's a, he's a mouse. I didn't realise, actually, Basil Rathbone is in the film as Sherlock yeah. Holmes, despite the fact that he died 19 years before the film came out, and he'd done an audio recording of some Sherlock Holmes short stories that they stitched together to kind of do a Basil Rathbone voice in a very kind of early version of what they did with the chef in South Park. <laughs> <laughs> so here is three other things that Sherlock Holmes has been. A. Sherlock Holmes has been a sentient cucumber. <laughs> I think you're going to have to explain that one. Called Sherlock Holmes. This was an animated show in which Sherlock Holmes is a sentient cucumber and his friend Dr. Watson is a sentient tomato. <laughs> they solve an adventure where they meet the British Prime Minister and several other people before learning the importance of friendship. Oh. Was it Sherlock, did he say? Sheer look, because she, he, as in, like, look, he's just looking, look. yeah. Shouldn't have been Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock, <laughs> Sherlock, <laughs> oh. Sherlock Holmes has been a clone in the future. Mm-hmm. Sherlock clones. Sherlock clones. <laughs> in, the, in the show, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. They didn't use that in the title, I can't believe it. No, they should have done. So when a clone of Moriarty in the future starts to cause chaos... A descendant of his Lestrade finds the body of Sherlock Holmes, which has been preserved in bee amber or bee honey, Jurassic Park style. No. Because obviously Sherlock Holmes was a beekeeper in his elder years. So they find his body preserved in honey and use that to create a clone of Sherlock Holmes <coughs> that solves crimes in the future. <laughs> and finally, Sherlock Holmes has been an angel. This is a Christian film from the same company that Kevin Sorbo does his like apocalyptic Christian things and Dean Cain pops up in the mall and everything. And this will actually just feature Dean Cain as an angel Sherlock Holmes who's been obviously in heaven for a hundred years or so. One day God disappears and Sherlock Holmes is tasked with solving the mystery of the disappearing God. Moriarty appears as the devil and in the conclusion Sherlock Holmes discovers that God is within each of us. Preserved in honey. <laughs> yes. Honey's a preservative now, is it? <laughs> yes. So Sherlock does have a precedent for appearing in the future because he was in Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. In, um, on, the holodeck. Time, on the holodeck yeah. a couple of times, wasn't he? He's done time travel a few times. He has done various stories like time. time after time. Yeah, that's possible. When did this come out, this version? Before or after Jurassic Park? Uh, after Jurassic Park, mm. yeah. Cucumber and the tomato. Mm. Sentient cucumber. Sorry, sentient cucumber. It sounds like a John thing, doesn't it? But <laughs> it's probably true. I'm not sure with the second one whether he's going for some elaborate pun about the B plot. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Why was he a cucumber? What? 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 He was a, just a sentient cucumber. It's part of a series, a series of cartoons <laughs> where the, it, it's, a sele- it's some popular characters that appear in various different... TV things, Barbie style. There was a lot of that going on in the 60s and 70s, really trippy kind of uh, make it no was, sense It was stuff. in the 90s. Was it 90s? 90s? There yeah. you go. In the 90s as well. Still tripping. Do you have a deer hunter on him and a 
Yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah. A little yeah. deer hunter on top of his little cucumber head. Mm. Deer, deer stalker. Yeah. Deer hunter is a film, deer stalker is a hat. <laughs> got a deer hunter on his head. What was the last one again? It was... Um, Angel Sherlock Angel Sherlock oh, okay. yeah. Now, do we believe that a highly Christian movie thing they would have a plot that god wouldn't be there because surely they believe well, god so is... that's a, it's the disappearance of god like one day in heaven god has vanished yeah. um, that, isn't things that start happening on horribly earth. sacrilegious yeah, yeah well, that's the allegory they use the idea that uh, you know we've all all us fallen who have lost god and you know, yeah. we can find god again mm. so sherlock holmes helps you find god yeah yeah i've seen various kind of mm-hmm. religious cartoons which are just as ridiculous but it's the scaremongering thing that mm. I kind of buy that, you know, God could disappear. So we need to appreciate him <laughs> whilst he... What would the 2% of the people who actually believe in him do without him? Yeah. It's, church it's, going. It's more than 2%. <laughs> no, it's 2% regular church goes really? in England. Yeah. It doesn't mean they don't believe though, does it? They're just church goes. No. I reckon about 5%. Dean Kane tracks as well is a bit odd, isn't mm. it? That's a tough one, John. I'm going to go with a clone one because I think John's beating himself up that he didn't do the pun. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I can see it in his face. He's like, oh, he's disappointed. I'm disappointed. He? I didn't think of the pun. Yes, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for the Sherlock. I, I, like I said, there's a present for Sherlock turning up in the future, but I think John may have just made that one up. I want the religious one to be real because it's the kind of crap they make. And a cucumber with a deer a hunter stalker. on top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got to be seen, isn't it? Honestly, I can believe that, but yeah. I'm going to go for the vegetables just because that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Preserved in honey. <laughs> Clone one, please. There is a sentient cucumber yes. that plays Sherlock Holmes as part of him. Yeah, I didn't question that for a second. <laughs> TV series called VeggieTales, which is very popular in America and is actually quite a religious thing in itself. I think, I think it's... The... It's probably made by the Vegetable Marketing Board. It is, it's, it's, it's to encourage kids to eat yeah. vegetables. Yeah, that is true. Um, the idea of Sherlock Holmes being encased in honey is just so ridiculous. I could not possibly have made that up. So that is also <laughs> true. Oh, no. There is no religious Sherlock Holmes oh, in be. heaven yeah. searching good. for well God. Done. It's the kind of thing that does get made, though. Yeah. Dean Cain was a very good choice. Nicholas Cage popped up in one where he was on a plane and then half the people on the plane got taken up to the rapture and he had to land the plane. Yeah, left behind was That's that That's it, yeah. Mm. Cool. Cool. Cool as a cucumber. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, your buff or bluff? Is on the subject of records held by Christopher Lee. Ooh. So, number one, Christopher Lee holds the record for most film appearances as the same literary character, with his nine portrayals as Count Dracula between 58 and 74. Number two, Christopher Lee is the king of dying on screen in 61 of his many, many films his character has died. And that is more than even Sean Bean. (laughs) And number three, he he did come back from the dead, obviously. (laughs) How many times did he say bastard? (laughs) Never. Bastard. (laughs) Bastard. Uh, The last one is uh, he's participated in the most sword fights in film. In 17 of his movies, Lee has dueled with swords, foils, lightsabers, and even billiard cues. Mm. Oh. I don't know. I mean, you think Errol Flynn, that sort of swashbuckling stuff. Mm. I'm going to stay quiet because I think I know this because of some research I was doing for a possible buffalo for my own. He was in like over 200 films before Mm -hmm. he died, maybe like Mm. 250. Any of these could be real. They're, oh, yeah. they're very, very feasible, aren't they? Yeah. 
Can anyone think of any portrayals of literary characters that were done more than, was it nine? I mean, Roger Murr played Bond a lot of times. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Not, that not more than nine. So he's played Dracula nine times. Dracula always dies or seems to die at the end of the movie and then comes yeah. back again. So that's there's nine. How many more was there? Um, an extra 52. Ooh. How many Hammer Horror films did he do? Not that many. Not many really, was he it? did no. play some other roles. Well, Peter yeah, Cushion yeah. did the same as well. They yeah. played a few he other played, things. He played Frankenstein's monster. And, uh, mm. um, how many times did Rathbone play Sherlock Holmes? Was that more than nine? Are we counting cameos? No. Because it seems like Hugh Jackman has played mm. Wolverine. Yes. Yeah. At least two different Deadpools, isn't he? He's been in every X-Men movie mm. and three of his own. So is that not nine? That's probably nine, yeah. We're counting comic books as literature. Mm-hmm. What was the, the question was a, was it specifically? <laughs> what was the question again? Snooty question. The most appearances are the same literary character rather than playing the, and are we using a broad definition of literature? Fairly broad. Doesn't include the Argos catalogue. Oh. <laughs> I'm also excluding religious texts because apparently some religious people get upset if you compare Jesus to Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> What was the, the, the sword? It was the sword fighting. He is the swordiest actor in film history. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's the most films in which he has had uh, at least one duel with sword or similar item. Possibly with a big stale baguette. I'm not sure. <laughs> the Lego Star Wars game joke. I mean, I would have thought mm-hmm. they even Jackie Chan would probably have. Oh, what, what did you say the record was? 17. Sword fights, specifically Jackie well, Chan. 17 movie. films in baguettes. which he has a sword fight or more <laughs> than one a lampshade and... A chair. <laughs> not actually baguette. I mean, I've not mm-hmm. seen these which, 17 Which films do you use the lightsaber in? Uh, probably Star Wars. I don't know, but which one of those Star Wars does he actually use a lightsaber? I'm trying to remember him using a lightsaber. Attack of the Clones. Two of the yeah. prequels. Candocular. I want to go for the swordy fighties <laughs> as being real. Okay. So you're going to give us something else being the bluff? Yeah, that's the idea. Okay. Just haven't figured it out yet. Has he died more than Sean Bean? Mm, I'm going to go for the dying being probably slightly off on number. I'm sure he's died a lot of times, but 61 seems quite a lot. I know it is 250 odd movies. Yeah. Mm. And he did mostly play bad guy. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'm still going to go for that as the bluff. <laughs> I'm going to go for sword fighting because I think Andy tried to talk us out of it a moment ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all very plausible. I'm going to go for sword fighting because I think you're right. I think like someone like Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan might have eclipsed him there. Certainly Bruce Lee never picked a sword up. He was really? notoriously a pacifist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, open, yeah but he was fist. in fights in every single movie. <laughs> he uses the odd nunchuck, but doesn't he like have a sword fight, but he doesn't have a sword. He has like, a stick or something and yeah. like, he's got a massive sword, but he protects himself with like chopsticks or something stupid. I'm going to go for the playing the same number of characters. Because no. you have been reading about Sherlock Holmes, haven't you? Yes, oddly enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, John's right. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have gone last. Yeah, Basil Rathbone played Sherlock Holmes either 14 or 16 times, depending wow. on whether you count mm-hmm. um, Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Um, <laughs> and there was a cameo in some American right. thing. That's a lot of times, isn't it? There's a guy in Asia somewhere who has played the same character 77 times in 77 different films. But I'm not sure if it's a literary character or not. I'm going to take this opportunity to give you a disclaimer about my facts (laughs) (laughs) in that I got them off of the internet. I don't know if you've heard about the internet, but it's notoriously reliable. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to disprove the shit I made up about. (laughs) 
But Dracula is the most depicted literary character on film with 272 Oh. films um, with Dracula appearing and Christopher Lee is the most common Dracularist. Mm-hmm. He has died more than anyone else on screen. Mm. He has been hanged, defenestrated, struck by lightning, staked, stabbed, shot, burned, electrocuted, dissolved, crushed, blown up, beheaded, bitten by a snake and crashed into the moon. Unlucky. <laughs> yeah. He did some heavy metal albums in he his did, 90s. He did, yes, he did do yeah. heavy metal albums. They were great. Yeah, I, I did a bit of reading about Christopher Lee and I didn't come across a single mundane fact. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible guy. Excellent. Right, and what's your follow-on quiz? Well, on the topic of movie deaths, I thought I'd give you a quick little um, higher or lower guessing okay. game on okay. actors and how many times they've died Guess on the screen. So Christopher Lee leads the way with 61 or 70, depending on which website I clicked on. But I'm going to kick you off with someone who has a few less, Mickey Rourke who died on screen 28 times. And you've got to tell me, did Danny Trejo die more or less times than Mickey Rock's 28? Mm, higher. 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 Yeah, I go higher. Correct. 41 for Ooh. Danny Trejo. We move on to Bella Lugosi, the original Ooh. Dracula. Yeah. Don't give me any of that Max Shrek stuff. He was called Orlock. I'm going to go less. I'm going to go less, just because it's quite hard to kill Dracula, really, isn't it? Does it count if he's been killed, but then comes back to life as a death? It, is that a de- counts yes, as a death, count, yeah. Counts oh, as a death. Okay. Does it count if someone played Bella Lugosi in a uh, film, and then one. he died in the film, i.e. Edward? Oh. But that um, only had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Does it count if the popular punk song Bella Lugosi's Dead is played on the soundtrack of a film? No, none of this counts. I'll point out, Bella Lugosi played Dracula twice. Twice. I'm going to go less. Mm. Lower. 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 36, you're correct, hey. yeah. Michael Bean. Ooh. Michael Bean? No, he gone. <laughs> is, he, is he not the face in the... Oh, no, I'm getting... I thought he was only in James Cameron movies. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's been in a lot of straight-to-video stuff. I'm going to go higher. If he's been in, like, a load of B-movies, then... Lower. I'm lower. Going lower. It is lower. It's 29, though. Yeah. So yeah. Close. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Oh. Well, I wonder if this is a bluff within a bluff. Uh, in that he's developed this reputation for dying, but it's probably, it, it maybe it's only in like 15. But he has died in every film I've seen him in. <laughs> he was in that terrible soccer thing, wasn't he? When... So- soccer? Soccer. Which country are you in? He took his... Son to a football match or something. When Saturday comes? That's it, yeah. Did he die in that? Um, I did. (laughs) Spiritually. I'm going going lower again. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go lower. Because I think that's the interesting fact. Mm. It was was lower than 29. Yeah, I'm going to go lower. Bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's only 25. Mm -hmm. Practically nothing. Mm. Nicholas Cage! (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, he survives in Conair. I watched that last night. I mean, he's been in a lot. He's done a lot of stuff, yeah. most of which I don't know. I'm going to go more, even though I can't really think of him dying I in many. I can't think of him dying. He always survives, doesn't he? In some he's shape or form. written into his contract, like yeah. in case I want to do a sequel. I'm going to go lower. I don't think you can kill the cage. I'm going to go lower. I think he survives in a lot of his films. Yeah, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go more because he's made billions of films. It's higher. Ooh. 32. Yeah. Oh. John, you're going to have to get rid of all your Nicolas Cage stuff. You've got a no. Cage question wrong. Turn <laughs> in your cushion. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got several. 
John Hurt. Mm, okay. One. Very famous death, <laughs> yeah, yes. That's one. <laughs> yeah. John Hurt, but not died. Does that count as two deaths? Elephant Man. <laughs> Alien. Mm-hmm. Two. Lower. I'm going to go lower. I think he's too cool to die. Higher. Lower. <laughs> it's higher. Ooh. Ooh. 43. Wow. That's a lot of hurt for John. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Karloff. I'm going to go lower because he didn't appear in that many movies in the end, did he? Like, he was obviously Frankenstein in the original, so he was a monster in the original Frankenstein. And then there's the assumption at the end of the film that he burns to death in the thing. But, but he then comes back in, in the Bride of Frankenstein, they go, oh no, he survived. They kind of retcon it a little bit. So does that count as a death? If the film makes you think he's dead, but then he pops back up in a sequel and isn't really dead. I don't know. Again, I've just got these numbers from the <laughs> Let's internet. Take, <laughs> Let's take it, if you die in one particular movie, then that counts as a death. Whether yeah. if you're brought back, yeah. then that's a new movie. If it, if it looks yeah. like a death, then it smells death. like a death, <laughs> yeah. and it quacks like a death, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably death. I'm going to say lower. I'm going to say lower. I'm going to say lower. Lower. I think he's more niche. It is lower. It's 42. Ooh. Lower by one. Dennis Hopper. Mm. Yeah, famous deer hat person. Is he in the film? The deer hat? <laughs> the deer hunter. <laughs> no, yes. um, he's not, no, I don't think. There's something like that. He's Speed in. is very similar, I assume. <laughs> Blue velvet. Easy rider. Does he die in that? He does. He dies in a lot of things, but I, I think it's lower because he wasn't in that many. Although there was a lot of straight video shit in like the 80s and 90s when his career had gone. I'm going to say higher just because he would pretty much do anything. I'm going to say lower. 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 It's higher. <laughs> it's 48. Wow. Ooh. And we come to the very last one, and this would be Vincent Price. Ah. Any women in your list? No? Are you just, you know, just, just all the men? I have a point on that. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, just women don't get killed as often as men in Hollywood. Back in the day, there was this idea that women were just shrinking violets to be protected and Bridged. weren't involved. Yeah, well, occasionally, but just weren't involved in the action and so on. They just didn't write them that they way. Also, it tends to be the bad guy gets killed and they tend less yeah. commonly yeah. to be the bad mm-hmm. guy. The woman with the most on-screen deaths, according to the internet, was double Oscar winning um, actor Shelley Winters. Um, who was known for such films as The Diary of Anne Frank, The Poseidon Adventure, and The Night of the Hunter. She died 20 times on screen mm. out of about 120 films. That's a lot of death. So the last one was... Dennis Hopper, 48, and yep. we're looking at Vincent Price. Higher or lower or the same? Lower. Vincent Price is right. <laughs> <laughs> lower. Lower. Higher. Same, 48. Oh. Oh. Tricked us. Uh. You get nothing in this game for a pair. <laughs> I wonder who's been in the most films and never, ever died. That'd be interesting. Dwayne Johnson never died in a film? Oh, I guess the mummy returns when he was a Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, for instance, I think would be quite opposed to dying. Can't think of a film in which Tom Cruise dies. Maybe the, um, the runway plays Ron Kozak. A movie where he's like a patriot in a oh, um, um, What's that called? Born Sorry. on the 4th of that, July? That's the one, yeah. yeah. Does he die Maybe. in Maybe, I don't know. don't think he does, does he? Probably not. Worth looking up, but great quiz. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Very welcome. That is all for this episode of Nerdfest. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back in a few weeks' time with reviews of what we've been enjoying recently. And I might possibly get my hats out for our annual Oscars sweepstake. 
If you like the episode, uh, do give us a glowing review. And in return, John, what are you going to do? I'm going to come down to your house with a selection of 32 Nicolas Cage films on DVD and let you comfort me each and every time he dies. (laughs) Until next time, you've been listening to... A man who has to watch 30-odd Barbie films before the next one comes out. 40, actually. 40. (laughs) You'll really enjoy Barbie and her sisters in a puppy chase, I think. I look forward to... Generally the title of the film. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, and a man who forgot to mention that Christopher Lee and Boris Karloff were next-door neighbours. That's nice. And a man who will be stored in the cupboard for 10 years, then dug out to appear in another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What's in the box? It's Peter. Peter. (laughs) And a man who's got to get in shape for his next role in the movie. He's off home to eat all of the food in the cupboard. Mm. (laughs) Don't eat Peter. And a woman who will start taking offers for her gigantic movie place. <laughs> You'll make 38 people very happy. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.